Join me in prayer. Father, I thank you that, uh, God, that you are. You're speaking to us today. You're stirring hearts. Lord, you're moving in our midst. And, um, and, and Lord, that, that you are, you're assigning, you're opening up our heart, our eye to see what you promised Jesus. That, that we, your children, get to walk in that and see it fulfilled in our lifetime. Lord, I thank you that all glory gets to go to Jesus because he purchased us. It was his blood that purchased us, that we would be a kingdom and priests unto our God, that the world would be reconciled to their father. And Lord, the nations really would know you. And so, Father, we just come before you this morning. We're inviting you. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you breathe life in every heart? Cause their ears to be open, to hear what you're saying to them. Holy Father, that you would reveal your Son even more, Lord, that we, we might conform to his likeness. We might become more like you, Lord. And, uh, God, that you would, you would do among us today which, what is in your heart and what you want to see happen, Lord. And so, Father, we just we set apart this time now, the speaking of your word, and we're asking, Lord, that you would accomplish what you have sent your word for. Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so our family, you've heard us probably talk about this before, we're a family of 10, um, and we have this family tradition where we love to go on road trips. Um, and when I say we... Yeah, I was going to say, you need to clarify. That's a little, that. like, I'm just, you know, it's a loose term. The we means like seven of us. <laughs> <laughs> some of us love to go on road trips, and some of us are a Van Gelder. And so we go on road trips, right? Um, but a couple of years ago, we did this awesome adventure, and we spent actually 31 days um, on a road trip in our van across the country. It was amazing. And it was our first time experiencing together Sequoia National Park in California. Anybody been? Sequoia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, those of you who haven't been there, I highly encourage it. Um, try to time it not during the height of fire season. We did learn that, but, um, you know, that's a different story. Um, but it is amazing. Like, it's hard to go into places like that, in my opinion, and not encounter the Lord. Like, you have these majestic trees that have been there, you know, for so long. And it's just, it's like an otherworldly experience. It's amazing. Um, just to give you an, an example, if you haven't seen, we do have a picture of our family. Um, so that's all 10 of us in front of one tree. Just to give you, you know, an idea of how big these trees actually are. Um, and while we were there, we saw on the ground all these pine cones. So we have another picture. Um, these huge pine cones are so beautiful. They're also very sticky. So when you pick them up, just know that. <laughs> um, but what we learned is that these pine cones aren't actually the ones that grow sequoias. They grow other trees, beautiful pine trees. But the sequoia um, seeds come in, and unfortunately I don't have a picture, but a very small pine cone. And About the size of a golf ball. Yeah. 
So it was the large ones that grew the smaller trees. It was the small ones that grew the bigger trees, which is kind of beautiful because it just goes to show that you don't know what something actually contains from how it starts. <laughs> um, but the one thing that is true is that a seed is going to grow its own kind of tree. Like it's always going to grow what it was intended for, right? You can say yes. You know, the first, the first service was so like on it. They just agreed with everything I said. They answered all my questions. He was like shocked and awed because of the response and he was wondering how I did it. And you guys like, come on, you got to keep this up a little more. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right. So a sequoia seed is going to produce a sequoia tree, right? <laughs> Thank you. Come on, that was, you're weak. You could have resisted a little longer. Good grief. Okay, so a seed is always going to produce its kind, whatever it was intended for. And the tree itself is going to produce a seed that's going to produce more of its own kind. Because you can tell a tree by the fruit that it produces. So like here in... Minnesota, we have apple trees, right? <laughs> and an apple tree is always going to produce? Apples. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> no matter how much you may wish that it would produce mangoes or papayas or something tropical, it's never going to. It's always going to produce an apple because you can tell a tree by what kind of fruit that it produces. All right? So... <laughs> In Matthew 7, Jesus says this to us. It's verses 15 through 20. And he says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruit. So the question that we're asking today <laughs> is, what is the good fruit? Like, I grew up in a Christian home, I'm very thankful. I grew up going to church. I got to know Jesus when I was very small. I can still remember praying that prayer um, to ask him to come into my heart. I remember when I told my mom how excited she was, and she cried, and I didn't really understand. But, you know, I grew up, and I fell in love with the Lord, and I fell in love with the Word, and I loved hearing the Bible stories, you know, and I had this pure faith but I also, you know, I was one of those kids at every retreat and every opportunity, I was answering the altar call. I don't know if anybody else can identify this, but I was never confident of my salvation. I was never confident. Like, I wanted to know the Lord. Like, I did the stuff that I thought you had to do, but I never had that assurance that I actually knew him or that he knew me. And so this is a question that has been a very personal one for me. How do I know that I really know Jesus? What's the fruit that proves that I'm his, that he's mine, that we're connected? 
Yeah. So maybe the answer is found in looking at the fruit of Jesus's life. You know, but that is one other thing I learned in Sunday school is that the answer, you know, if you don't know what it is, just say Jesus and you're normally right, right? <laughs> What's the answer? Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Okay. So Matthew 4, um, verse 17, it says this, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Jesus was going throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. All right, so Jesus, he was preaching this clear message, the good news of the kingdom, and as he was doing that, people were listening, they were following him, and they were being healed of all kinds of sickness and affliction. Like, that is good fruit. Right? If you have a ministry where you have a clear message and you're communicating and people are responding, and not only are they starting to follow you, but they're being set free, they're being healed, they're being changed, like that seems like good fruit. I would be excited about that, right? Yeah. yeah. Good results, but is it the fruit that tells you what kind of tree? Here's the deal. There is a little bit, especially, especially here in America, where, where we're able to take action and see results instantly. Like it's the type of atmosphere, it's the type of society where you start a business on one day and you can be up and running the next. You, you can generate a list, a to-do list, and you set out to accomplish. And in our accomplishments, people often find identity. I do these things, you know, I, I sell houses, I am a realtor. You know, the, the identity attached directly to the behaviors. In Christ's ministry, we see all these results, all the outcomes of Jesus functioning in his identity and seeing his, his kingdom advanced. And what the Western mind or what the mind that is in a, a lifestyle and experience that, that, that experiences the, the choice of action and connects it to identity, when we read those kinds of results, I mean, today's the day of Pentecost, right? We're, we're celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and typically the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is associated with the signs that followed. Okay, but can I, can I point at the elephant in the room, Right? When the Holy Spirit poured out, we got the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the results of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit manifests, you get gifts. 
You get healings. You get miracles. You get all that when the Holy Spirit manifests himself. So are the gifts a sign of who you are or a sign of who he is? <laughs> the elephant in the room is that the works of Christ are a fruit of who he is. He is a son to his father and him functioning as a son, the Holy Spirit flowing through him. You see these manifested works and everybody saw the manifested works and we're like, oh, I want to be around that. But I'd like to propose to you today that similar to a tree, that the fruit of your life will be in tune with who God has made you to be. And that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that reveals the Holy Spirit and his power. That the manifestation of the Holy Spirit reveals what Holy Spirit does. But maybe the fruit of authentically living as a child of God will produce something after its own kind. And that the Holy Spirit manifesting is part of that, but it doesn't point to what type of tree you are. Because the Holy Spirit stays true to his character. It proves that the name of Jesus works, and it proves that the Holy Spirit loves people and loves to show up and show out. But I, I lived with this kind of reality for so long, when, when, especially in the charismatic world. We, we talk about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And then we teach how to prophesy and how to lay hands on for healing and how to minister to people and all that stuff and, and the works of ministry. And that's awesome because the body becomes activated and we do these works of ministry. But it is possible for you to do these works and demonstrate the fact that the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus work. And you go home wondering if you actually know him or not yourself. Because, because the results of the Holy Spirit don't actually point to who you are. Y'all, this, this kind of thing, see, these, are the, these are the dark sort of thoughts that happen in the back of people's minds. If I ask you the question, do you know Jesus? If you point at all the things you do as justification of, yes, I know Jesus. You'll be left still with a question deep in your heart. Because knowing him, yes, a believer walks these things out and these results take place. Yes, absolutely. We're not disconnecting those realities. But we're trying to ask a deeper question this morning. Do you know him? Not do you do the stuff he does. No, no, no. Do you know him? I um, played basketball growing up. Anybody uh, enjoy the game of basketball? Yep, three of us. That's because the Timberwolves have struggled up until this point. We did okay this year, but, you know. I, I, I grew up playing basketball in my neighborhood. And uh, we, we had a, a, a group of friends that would get together. One summer, I remember it, just we, like every day, we'd get up, we'd head to the cul-de-sac, we'd play basketball. And uh, there was uh, a family that had just recently moved from Chicago to our neighborhood, and they lived next to the basketball hoop. 
And uh, there was a 28-year-old and a 24-year-old, guys, who weren't working that summer. And so every day they would join us out on the court. And I'm like 14. I'm my friends, you know, 15. We're just a group of teenagers playing. And then we had these guys that were like towering, massive human beings. Like seriously, one of them's like 6'4", 300-pound guy. You know, 24 and 28 playing with 14-year-olds. Like, uh, you know, when I think back, I'm like, Man, what's wrong with those guys? But, hey, we had fun. Three on three every day. It was so much fun, right? I remember one day, like, I'm, I learned to trash talk that summer. It was great, you know? And, and, and we're shoving around, and I made a shot on Rob, okay, the 24-year-old, but a massive human being. I made a shot on him, and I'm, like, trash talking to him, and he goes, oh, it's going to be like that, all right? Right? And I remember it so distinctly because I lined up to defend this guy. He just drove into me, jumped up, and dunked over me. As I'm laying on the ground, he landed with two, like straddling me, boom, like, and looked down, like, oh, what's she gonna do, right? And, and I should have known in that moment, I don't actually know how to play basketball. <laughs> but my ninth grade year, I went out for the team, and I'm thinking, okay, listen, all right, do you remember the story about Michael Jordan? Got cut from his freshman team, you know, and then he goes on to be the greatest player of all time. This is what's playing in the back of my head. And I'm like, I'm a good athlete. I can figure this out. I can do this right. So anyway, my friends coerced me, like, because I was an excellent athlete. And they're like, yeah, come on off for the team. I never played organized ball ever. My whole life, I've never played organized ball. And the tryouts were the coaches telling the players what to do and calling plays. And, and I go through that tryout, and I didn't even make the first half of the tryout. They had the first round of cuts, and I was one of two guys cut immediately. <laughs> And I'm walking off the court, and I'm laughing because, you know, I never really played and blah, blah, blah. It's not that big of a deal. And, and I'm walking off the court, you know, still thinking the Michael Jordan story. Like, he was cut from his freshman team. I can still, you know. And, but then this thought came to me. I don't think I actually know basketball. I think I thought I did because I can jump. I can run. I can shoot the ball. I can play defense-ish, you know. But when it came to do you know the game, I realized that it had nothing to do with these little individual actions, that I actually did not know the game. In Matthew 7, Jesus says this in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, cast out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Obedience to the Father, taking the journey, walking with him, knowing Jesus is not about activity. It's about walking with him. That, that scripture, Jesus differentiates. He says, many will say, Lord, Lord. These will not enter because you do not do the will of my father. In other words, this process of walking and walking in obedience, responding to the Holy Spirit, him walking with you in life. These are, this, is, this is what happens with like a sequoia seed. The seed goes into the ground and there's a germination point. Yes, there's a day of salvation, y'all. 
Like, I know the day I got saved. It's tattooed literally on my arm, just in case I forget. Okay? I, I know the moment because I remember it so profoundly when Jesus washed my sins and I felt my guilt leave me and I felt liberated and joy enter my heart. All of that. Okay? Inception. Yes. I was born again. Yes. Is the fruit of the kingdom in my life. What's the fruit of the kingdom? What's the good fruit? Is the tree bearing this fruit? Is the tree maturing that process between a seed and the soil and becoming the towering oak of righteousness that God's called you to? There's a journey in between that day of salvation and walking in maturity in Christ. And the journey is what we're called to. The journey is what life is about. It's not just the destination. It's certainly not an event, right? It's certainly not, listen, I love signs and wonders. They follow. Like I, got, I got many stories. From this last week, I have stories, okay? Fresh stories. But the signs don't necessarily point to who I am. They point to his faithfulness, right? The, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit don't point to my character. They point to his, right? And I still have a journey I get to take. And thank God that he never leaves me. He's walking with me. I love that he can use the brand new believer to drive out demons. He can use the brand new believer. Qualified for ministry. As soon as you got saved, you're qualified. Because it's not based on you. It's based on what he did. But we're being invited into a journey of becoming. Not of doing, of becoming. And this is what we're talking about this morning is the journey of bearing fruit. Fruit that will remain. That your life will matter when you leave this earth. That, that eternity took root in your life and it produced something. And that goes way beyond healing or prophecy or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Way, way beyond it. Come on. Come on, Johnny. I'm preaching to you today, buddy. This is... So this journey is a little bit scary. If you come from the mindset of, I'm going to do these things, you know, this plus this will equal this result. Because you can't be looking at the outside because it's, the fruit does appear, but it's not something that you can scheme or something that you can manipulate or something that has, you know, this easy aspect to it. It's actually the result of a journey. And so I just want to encourage you that you might have to gather your courage to go on the journey, but it's so worth it because what you're going to end up with is going to be something that is real, that is lasting, that can never be taken from you. So what is the fruit if it isn't the signs and wonders and kind of the, the eye candy that we all get excited about? Um, Jesus actually tells us, you know, right after he says these terrifying words, depart from me, you know, I never knew you, he goes on and he says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. So the fruit of knowing Jesus, of walking with him, of actually knowing him and being known by him is that you build your life upon the rock that you put his words into practice in your life. And when you do, you're actually transformed from the inside out. The reason I have peace about my relationship with Jesus now is that my life bears the fruit. When I look back, I can see the faithfulness of God. When I look back, I know that there was never a day where my outside circumstances actually determined who I was or God's faithfulness to me. But instead, there's something that's happened inside of me so that I have been going from glory to glory because of Jesus' work in me. Yeah, you can be excited about that. That's good news. You know, when you know Jesus, he doesn't leave you who you are when you meet. But he brings you on this lifelong journey of transformation into who he always intended you to be. And I know, I mean, I know I have a long way to go. But I know that I'm not the same person that I was when I came to know Jesus. I know that he's been faithful and that he's actually been doing something in me that has changed me forever. Yeah. When you were a teenager, when you were, like, think back. Uh, you're, you're 13, 14 years old, and you're looking at your future. Did you know everything about what you're experiencing today? Right? When you, when you, when you were a kid and you dreamt about the future and who you were going to be when you grow up, did you, did you get it right? Did anybody in here get it right? No, of course not. Why? Because you were going to go through some stuff. Because the formation of who you are was in the process and the journey that you had to take. And this is the thing about Jesus is that he redeems us. And in our redemption, we, we see ourselves in his reflection. I look at Christ. I look at Jesus. I'm walking with him. And the Holy Spirit, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. That the Holy Spirit will remind us of the things that Jesus has said. That the Holy Spirit will reveal the future. That, that he will show you what's in your account in heaven. The reality of who God says you are from eternity's point of view. That the Holy Spirit reveals these things to you as you walk with him. But he doesn't just like dump it on you first day. Right? I got saved. Boom. Here's everything about every, your whole life. There it is. It would crush us. Yeah, there's no way. It, it's like a father with a child, step by step, walking you through stuff, teaching you along the way. Object lessons, maturity, opportunity to make powerful decisions and see what happens. Mistakes. All of it is included. And the Holy Spirit Line upon line, precept on precept, is teaching us and guiding us unto what? Unto becoming. Becoming who he made you to be. Becoming who he created you to be. You don't know that from the get-go. Come on, that's nonsense. 
The idea that we're all cookie cutter is nonsense as well. I'm looking across this room. I got every shade of the rainbow in here. I got different ethnicities. I got different backgrounds. I got, we probably have the, from the rich to the poor, from the elderly to the young, we've got it all in here. Okay? When I look across this beautiful crowd of people, our life experiences are different. Different starting places and, frankly, different ending places. And it would be silly for me to stand up here and go, and that's why you're all supposed to do one thing. That's nonsense. No, see, the process of walking together as a community, called unto purpose, is, is one of journey. It's one of embracing who the Lord is causing you to become. Us giving each other liberty, walking with one another in a community to grow up in all aspects unto him. Come on, is anybody alive in here? Listen, you're, you are called, you're, there's such significance on your life. I mean real significance. You might not see it right now. Right, right now it might not feel great. But the Lord didn't leave you. Just because something went a different direction than you thought it was going to go, the Lord didn't leave you. No, in fact, he's in the midst of your journey causing something to come out of you right now, even if it's difficult. Listen, I lost a really good friend this morning. Someone passed this morning, early on, right? I, I woke up to this text message, and I was thinking to myself, that woman was a woman of faith. And the whole way through, all the way to the very end, was proclaiming Jesus as her healer was looking to the Savior as the one who had led her whole life and would lead her on. Had been looking into the face of eternity now for a long time, fighting disease, and suddenly now finds herself in eternity, having stripped off the mortality and embraced eternity. Now that journey... If you, if you got saved in one moment and then you went and lived your whole life in a different way and you just were doing your own thing, man, when you take off time and you put on eternity, that's going to be a hard go for you. Because there is a massive transition that's going to take place in your life in that moment. The trial by fire won't be something that's happy. Your life and everything you built will get burned up if you weren't putting on eternity during your life. In other words, the journey is preparing you. The journey is, is emerging. You are called to be an oak of righteousness, a planting under the Lord that brings restoration to cities and communities, that brings hope to people. The scripture talks about your life as a tree, that the leaves are supposed to bring healing to the nations, that the fruit, that the fruit from your life nourishes and gives hope and inspires, and, and all of that comes from you being not the list of doing, not the accomplishments. Listen, I, I know I got some D-type personalities in here who like to get stuff done. Amen. Anybody like that? Come on now. Like get a few of us together, we will radically transform something, right? <laughs> I'm good with that. I like that. But I remember the cross and the Lord inviting me to embrace it. And for me, that moment, and, and many times over, but is the realization of trust. It's of embracing his leadership and setting my own aside. It doesn't mean I don't live my life intentionally. I live my life intentionally, right? But like my trip to Ireland, 
You know, I, I'm going to the airport. I have planned. I have a seat on an airplane. I'm heading home. And suddenly, I'm not in charge. Suddenly, I'm thrust into a world of I don't even know what, uh, what's going to happen now. And I have this opportunity. Listen, when we approach life with a to-do list, and it doesn't matter how sanctified you think your list is, God, I'm going to, listen, I, we were talking about the nations this morning, so I'm going to pick on that just a moment. Okay, but the to-do list, the greatest to-do list in Christianity is the Great Commission. But can I tell you that the nations are not something to conquer? We tried that in history. It didn't go so well. Right? There's, a, there's pain in the world because people live that way. That's not what the Lord is inviting us into. The scripture says, ask of me and I'll give you. You can't take something by force that he wants to give you. You, you can't go accomplish the kingdom. The kingdom isn't accomplished. <laughs> Ooh, I can feel it. I, so can I tell you, I live for resistance. I live for it. When I feel it rise up in the atmosphere, that is like, whoo, all right, let's do this. Okay, that thing, that thing in us that, that is like, I'm going to be this in my life. I'm going to accomplish that. And I love to-do lists. I use them. Okay? But I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to go to the nations. I'm going to do signs and wonders. I'm going to, and we list it out, all the things, and it's our list. It's the sanctified list of what Christians do. In the church I grew up in, it was memorization of Bible verses. It was daily quiet times. It was to be baptized and to make sure other people know about Jesus. In my friends with Catholic descent, it is that you are to go to church because in the sacraments is your salvation. If you don't take communion, if you don't have the last rites, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, then you don't have it. In other lines of faith, it lines up like don't play cards, don't dance, don't watch movies, right? Like the lists, and the lists go on and on and on. And in our modern world, we just keep adjusting the lists, just keep adding to them. But the life of Christ, the life in Christ is a life of liberty, of becoming, not of doing. Fruit Listen, has anybody here ever been to an apple orchard? Come on, it's a Minnesota fall thing. If you don't go to an apple orchard, you're wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> I have never been to an apple orchard, though, where I have heard grunting. The tree's working so hard to produce the... <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> there it is. Like, because that's not how bearing fruit works. It's not how bearing fruit works. No, bearing fruit comes from your life. It comes from walking with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit and the aroma of who he is, you, you begin to embody him because you're walking with him. Right? The nations aren't something to accomplish. Saving your neighborhood is not something to accomplish. It's a worthy goal. Preaching the gospel, it's not something to accomplish, y'all. Your life is an aroma. And it smells like heaven or it smells like death to people. 
And yes, we must communicate, but what we must communicate, the good news of Jesus Christ, is what he has done for you. It's the testimony of who Jesus is in your life. It's not for spiritual laws. I love Billy Graham, and he was used of God. Praise God for that. But that is not the message of the gospel in its entirety. The good news at its seed, at its core, is a good news. What is the story of your life? What's the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life? What's he currently doing in your life? That is what tastes like fruit to the world. But if we treat it like an event or something to be accomplished, if my right standing with God is my list, then when I'm doing good, woo, I'm feeling good. But when I'm not, I'm not experiencing the pleasure of my father? I'm not sure about that. Was it Christ? Or, oh foolish Galatians, will you continue, who started in spirit, now think that you're going to perfect it with your doings? For it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Listen, the invitation today, you know, and the message that we're preaching, it, the kingdom that Jesus brought is one that changes and transforms humanity from the inside out. It's not customs that you obey and then become. It's not how it works. Nope. He adopts you out of darkness and into light. And then as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, just each day you get up. Good morning, Jesus. You have a rough night? Okay, good night, Jesus. It's not a big deal. He knows you. I, I remember one time, like, I messed up big time, right? When I was younger, I messed up big time because I wouldn't mess up when I'm older. I just I had to be younger. <laughs> no, I, I remember this, and I, I was feeling, like, this burden of, like, man, oh, no. Like, as if I, you know, I got to fast three days, and I got to go on a spiritual retreats, and I need to have people pray for me, whatever, before I can somehow worship God again. Just that kind of thing going on in the inside of me. And I remember the father, I remember hearing his voice and in my inner, inner man, like chuckling and like, you think that's why I like you? Like you're my son. You, you doing those things, if that's authentic to you, if you're walking with him and you're fasting, you're doing, praise God, Amazing. Yeah, there's great things in spiritual disciplines, wonderful things waiting for you. Try them. They're great. But life is experienced and fruit is born from being who God made you to be. And if you'll walk, this is the promise, if you'll just walk with the Holy Spirit, follow his promptings, even when they don't make sense, just follow his promptings. Do what he's telling you to do, just like Jesus said. Those who do my word are standing on the rock. Those who don't, their life gets tossed here and there. When you obey, what you'll find is this. You'll come to opportunities, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and you'll say yes, and you'll take action, and you'll find yourself stepping into something that you never could have accomplished with all the effort that you ever could have mastered. I have things I want to accomplish with my life. I have callings, things the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. And those things are ever before me. I write them out, prophetic words out. I leave them before me. I keep vision in front of me intentionally. But when I shift into I need to accomplish those things, and it's mine, 
I begin to feel the weight and the heaviness of having to accomplish those things. But when I realize these are promises that the Father will lead me through, and all I have to do is trust him, then when life throws something at me that isn't in line with what I'm trying to do, I don't freak out because I know that the Lord's leading me around the back door to find the secret room where he takes me right up to where I'm supposed to go. You smelling what I'm stepping in this morning? Listen, if you approach the life of Christ and you look and you read the scriptures over and over and over, you see this stuff modeled. I'm going to read one last and then Nicole can bring this to a close. This is one last passage. All the pressure, yeah. I went off the notes. Now she's mad at me. This is Matthew 21, verse 28. Ready? What do you think? Jesus talking to a crowd. A man had two sons. Came to the first one. He said, son, go work today in the vineyard. The son answered, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and he went anyway. Then the man came to the second son and said the same thing. And that son answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father. The first, Jesus said to them, excuse me, they said, the first, and Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going to get into the kingdom before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. The tax collectors and prostitutes, they did believe him. And you, seeing this, didn't even feel remorse afterwards as to believe him. Listen, John the Baptist came in a different way than the Jews were expecting Elijah to come would look like. Like it showed up differently. And it didn't fit the list. And so they didn't believe. But some smelled the aroma of heaven and believed. And they leaned into it and they received. What God's doing in our moment of history, okay, it's not, it's not what we've done in the past. Now, there's a journey before us. In fact, there's a big journey. There's a major transition happening in the world right now. If we always do what we've always done, Mm, there's going to be a problem. It won't work. It's already failing. But I can promise you this, that if you and I will link in with the Holy Spirit, if we'll walk and lean into what the Holy Spirit is leading us into, if we will, as community, trust the Holy Spirit's leading, it might not look the way that we thought it would look, but we're going to end up seeing the kingdom manifest and fruit born in ways that we never could have accomplished had we done all the planning in the world to get there. So much. There's so much available. First, you and I, we need to receive and be transformed inside out. It's the yes and then act and obey on what he's telling us to do. Come on. Land this plane, babe. So this is actually really good news. And the way that you can walk out of here confident that you know the Lord 
and that you're known by him is by simply asking the question, has your life been shaken in this past season? And I don't mean uncomfortable. I don't know anyone who has gone through the past several years and not had moments of being uncomfortable, you know? But when you are walking with Jesus, what happens is you begin to understand that your reality is tied to heavenly places and it's not dependent upon earthly circumstances. So when the earth is shaken, you don't rage because your thing is falling apart. You know, you might be uncomfortable. <laughs> it might not feel good. But like Jamie said, you know that the Lord is with you. When you know the Lord and you're known by him, then he's transforming you from the inside out. And so you become a place of safety. You become a refuge because no matter what is happening in the world, you are not shaken. You are not destroyed, but you stand in the storm. Yeah. <laughs> the world should be looking at you right now going, why? Are you, why do you have joy? Why do you have peace? Why do you have all of these things that have been stripped away because of circumstances for other people? And the good news is that if you are identifying yourself right now that you don't have that, this is the day that you get to have it. Because when Jesus comes into your life and when you don't just have religion, but you actually respond to the aroma of heaven and you actually come and connect your life to him and you say that yes and you begin that process of obeying him every day then everything changes and you might not see it at first but you will grow you will grow into that tree and you will begin to produce that fruit because you can't not produce it when you're connected to jesus amen you might have said no to the Lord yesterday and been disobedient, but today's a new day and his mercies are new. Today's the day to say yes to him and start the journey again. He didn't leave you, he didn't forsake you, but it's time to start walking again, amen? Just stand to your feet. Ha. Just put a hand on your own heart. I realize for, listen, if you were, if your confidence was in what you do, this would have been like, I, we sucker punched you today. And I apologize for that, kind of. <laughs> but but the, the day we're in, the world is shaking. And, 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 and God is doing a work among us. He's preparing the harvest fields. You know, there, there will be, you know, it was prophesied some years ago, there'll be a billion soul youth harvest in a generation. You know, we're living in that generation. A billion youth coming to the Lord. That's a, that's a generation prepared to receive. And circumstance and life is preparing people right now. Just all you need to do is talk to your neighbors, your coworkers, you possess a hope that they don't possess. If they don't know Jesus, the hope in you is real. It's not based on circumstance. And that aroma is touching their lives. And the world around you is watching you. Just walk with him. 
I'm sorry you had a bad day yesterday. Start again today. He didn't leave you. He's not running away from you. He's inviting you home. Every day, he's inviting you home. Come on, let's do this thing. Jesus already paid the price. All you got to do is receive that. That's the day of salvation. If you have not done that, you got to start there. You got to receive his salvation. Be forgiven, be washed, be born again, be saved. You got to start there. But if you've been on this journey a while, man, it is time to renew that thing and get going again. God's calling on your life is sure. Holy Spirit, this morning I am asking that you would bring a strong conviction. Holy Spirit, cause us to see, Lord, the burdens that we carry, the things that are heavy that we're carrying incorrectly, Lord. The callings, the promises, these things are not meant to be laborious. They're not meant to be weights and anchors holding you back. Jesus invites you. He says, come to me. Learn from me, for my yoke is light. It is burdenless. You got to leave those things on the floor today, okay? You got to leave your weight, the cares that you got to trust him. How am I going to accomplish this, Lord? You told me I'm supposed to do this. How am I going to do that? Oh, my friend, let that go. You're not going to accomplish it. He will. You can't do it. Let go. Trust him. Obey him. And he'll watch as, as he does it. As he performs his word. Lord, I pray this morning by your Holy Spirit that you would bring to mind, even now. Come on, just ask him. Holy Spirit, are there things that I'm carrying incorrectly? Some have thought incorrectly, my friends. Some have thought that burdens are somehow attached to spirituality. Not correct. You got to let those burdens go. That means you're not trusting him. It's heavy because you're not trusting him. You got to let that go. Open-handed with your promises. Open-handed with your future and all the things that he's told you to do. Open-handed. You can't cling to them. Lord, we release them into your hands. I see the Lord this morning coming, and, and it's like uh, there's a, a, a it, it looks like a chain and a padlock. It looks like a ministry calling, like someone had felt the burden of the, the call to ministry and even performed it, and, 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 but things like didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, and it became heavy, and now you're like, man, and, you're, and you're, there's, a, there's something wrapped up in that. And I just see the Lord coming this morning, and he's unlocking it. He's removing the chain because you were not bound to the path that, uh, uh, that, that, that you thought. That it doesn't need to look like that. You get to fulfill his calling, and it doesn't need to look the way that you thought it was going to look. But you got to let it go. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remove that this morning. Take it off of people. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for a grace for becoming. To be, not to do, to be, to become. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on hearts and lives today, that they would walk with you and emerge, Lord, in this day. Lord, I thank you for the lost loved ones and friends that you have brought into our lives, Lord, that they will come to know you in this season. Your friends and family will come to know Jesus, and it's going to be because of fruit being born in your life. Just live your life authentically. You don't need to go and beat them over the head with the Bible. Just be and watch as the Lord brings liberty to their lives. Father, I thank you. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the grand invitation to go into the nations and to disciple nations, to teach them, Lord, but also, Jesus, we ask this morning. We're asking, Lord, would you please give us the nations that Jesus' promises might be fulfilled through our lives, Lord, that Jesus' dominion might be expressed in this generation, Lord. Lord, I thank you for that. If you came in here today and you don't know the Lord or you've been far away from him, okay? You felt distant. You haven't been walking with him in this season. You haven't been, you just haven't. doesn't matter why, but you want to return today. You want to come back to him. If that's you this morning, all you need to do is turn your heart. I'm going to pray a prayer right now and I'm going to invite you to pray along with me, okay? It's a prayer of salvation, but it's also one of repentance, of turning, of starting the journey again. And I, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not raising hands. We're not doing an altar call. Nothing like that. Uh, but I do want every voice in this room, I want everybody pray this prayer with me. And if you are returning to the Lord today, if you are letting go of burdens and you're embracing the process of becoming, if that's you today, I want you to pray with your whole heart. goes like this, okay? Repeat after me. Father in heaven. Come on, every voice. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus that he did it all, that he purchased us with his blood, that the covenant and that the gospel is good news. And today, I surrender my life afresh. Be my Lord. Be my Savior, Jesus. Please forgive me. Wash me of my sins. And I invite you into my life. I open the door. Let's fellowship. Let's journey together. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Seal me. Empower me. That I might become who you made me to be. Now, Father, I thank you. On this day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit of God, that you would empower each identity. God, I thank you for that. I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face and countenance be upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and grant you peace. And everyone who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord this morning?